I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to another episode of On The Line. Today we are speaking a lot about fragrance. I have... Amy, who is the founder of, and this is where I want to ask you, how do I say it? Is it Sana Jardin? Sana Jardin. Okay, Sana mm-hmm. Jardin. So you have a fragrance brand, and I want to tell everybody how I discovered your fragrance brand first. And I honestly, this is, this is a true story. I was out getting chicken wings with my friends on a Friday night, <laughs> and my friend George was beside me, and I was like, oh my God, George, you smell so good. And he was like, thanks. And he pulled out one of your fragrances from his backpack. It was Sandalwood Temple, Temple. Number 4. Yes. Does that make yes, sense to you? Yes, yes, And I was completely smitten with this fragrance. Mm. And I bought it and I've gone through a bottle of it. And he's like, it's the only fragrance that he wears. I'm mm. so happy to hear this. And stories like this make my day because you never know uh, where the fragrance is spread. So I'm curious how George heard about it. And I, <laughs> Yeah, me too, actually. Yeah. He's like a very cool photographer dude and like covered in tattoos. So I wouldn't think your typical demographic, but maybe it is. Well, in some ways, it's one of our um, target target markets, actually. So men love Sandalwood Temple and men love Tiger by her side. And right. I feel like it's always sort of the men in fashion, like edgy, super chic, super cool, right. super progressive who like that one. So he fits in perfectly. The chicken wing thing, thing, I'm not sure that that fits in, but yeah. If I smelled a man who was wearing Tiger by her side, mm. I would melt. I would really, <laughs> truly melt. Mm. And when I saw um, Tiger by her side, I have a little rollerball. I was convinced you named it after me because I used to have a greyhound. He was a brindle, so he looked like a tiger. And I always felt like I had a tiger by my side. So that I love that fragrance. I love that name. That makes me so happy. <laughs> and Tiger by Her Side was one of the first names that I came up with. Um, and it's based on a myth, an ancient Egyptian myth that women used to use, high priestesses used to use essential oils to raise their vibration so high that they could calm wild animals around them. And there's times in my life when I need that and when I think of that story and I think to myself, okay, Amy, you need to be calm and centered and focused and really in your power. And I think about that and I envision it. And that's why I named the perfume that because I feel like actually the scent of the perfume really does make you feel centered and powerful and feminine and strong and reminds us of our inner strength. And um, yeah, I call it power in a bottle. It's sort of like 
you know, when you need a lift and you just put on red lipstick because you just need that boost. That's what I feel like Tiger by her side is. So like you, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's my, I'm so happy that you like it. I, I do really agree. And it's not the typical scent that I would go for necessarily because it's quite sweet. Does that make sense? Is it sweet? Mm, it's thick. It's like it's a, thick. Yeah, it's thick. Yeah, it's it's intense. It's it's intense. It is. But yeah. I I know exactly what you're talking about. Those days when I because I have a lot of perfumes. Like seriously, it's a it's a problem. But there's certain days where I will rummage through my fragrance just to find that. Oh. And I I really truly love it. It's kind of hard to talk about fragrance verbally, isn't it? It is. Is that something that you've learned to do better since starting this brand? It's something that I've learned is a commercial challenge. And I guess, yeah, something that I've learned to do better since starting this brand. But I think that there's, when people love fragrance, there's really an understanding and there's almost an intuitive language that we speak. Mm. And because it, it resonates so much with us and, you know, certain scents, bring back so many memories, even if it's just for one fleeting little second, yes. you know, you're back in that space or you're back in that period of joy or comfort or, or pleasure. There's lots and lots of words. I'm probably too effusive when it comes to fragrance. <laughs> if anything, I need to start toning it down, toning it down a bit. <laughs> no, yeah. Never. I actually did a candle making course on the weekend um, in East London. I think the guys from that will be on the show soon. Um, and we spent about an hour just talking about scent and the sense of smell and how mm. it's one of those things kind of like breathing where you kind of forget that it exists almost mm, because yeah. it happens kind of automatically. But actually, scent is such an important sense. Scent is such sense. an important sense um, to, to have and, and just the memories attached to it. Like you were saying, it's it's maybe one of the strongest ways to get back into a memory, I find. And what I always find incredible is, I mean, for example, one of my first boyfriends who I just was mad about, and he wore a certain deodorant. I don't know if they even make it anymore. But I, after we broke up, and I was so heartbroken, and I kept it in my memory box. And so every once in a while, you know, I'll go back and I'll smell it just so for that like I little know. tiny fleeting second you're back in that moment and then and then the memory passes but it's amazing how you're literally transported there for a moment god we're the same when i was in this candle making class we had to go around the room and talk about our favorite scent and everyone was like popcorn fresh grass (laughs) you know whatever it is and i was like i really like to wear like the t-shirt of a man i'm in love with like that's like my my thing like 100%. a t-shirt or like that deodorant or just like a that manly like oh, whatever sure. it is i'm gonna need to find some some deodorants to bring me back to some <laughs> some good times in my life okay so uh, enough about that for now i really want to talk about um why you started the brand and i always like to talk to brand founders about what they were doing before they started mm. this brand um so if you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself that would be great Yes. I hope it's not too long of a story. We have an hour. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, well, my background is in the nonprofit sector. So, and this is something that I've been devoted to um, my mission of trying to help people who who I felt like were less fortunate than I was since I was 15 years old, actually. So, um, My first job after school was working with children who were developmentally disabled and low income for the state of Illinois, where I'm from. I got a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in social work. Um, And I worked, I did direct practice with low income children and families in my early 20s. And I realized at that stage that I could be more effective working 
on a macro level, trying to create change and trying to empower people economically. Um, so what that meant for me was transitioning from working in a family setting, like a more clinical mm-hmm. setting in hospitals or schools or domestic violence shelters, to working for a foundation where we were able to fund programs that could empower people economically. And the reason that that's important in the journey of the creation of Sana Jardin is because I feel like I've always been looking for a way to help people and I've always been looking for an innovative and effective way to do that. So then in my 20s and 30s, I worked for different nonprofit organizations, uh, the Robin Hood Foundation in New York, Mm -hmm. uh, which Americans who may be listening to this, especially New Yorkers, uh, will smile when they hear that because it's a very beloved organization. I was very proud to work there. Um, And then I was a pro bono advisor for President Clinton's foundation. And then before I started Sana Jardin, I was a governing trustee for the Cherie Blair Foundation to Support Women Entrepreneurs. And so throughout all of those positions, I started thinking that the next iteration of social change was through business and harnessing the power of commerce to empower women and not more traditional philanthropies. I came to want to work in this field also through my grandmother, actually, because my grandmother in 1968 started a foundation to empower women economically in developing countries. And she kind of tucked me in her suitcase and took me around the world, especially the Middle East and North Africa. And so I developed um, a great affinity for that region. So there were a few things, you know, there was a few little threads that um, were sewn together when I started the business. So one was my desire to create social change. Uh, The other was really a genuine obsession with perfume and fragrance. Um, As a teenager, going back to Tiger by her side and Amber, I I used to smoke cigarettes in my bedroom and then, you know, spray all of this amber perfume around so my parents wouldn't smell it. As if they wouldn't smell it through that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It just makes it worse. But... um, and then and I lived in the Middle East for a few years and I've just I've always loved perfume and then at the same time I was involved with some fashion organizations um, in particular one that's a nonprofit that's based in New York called Nest which works to make the supply chain more ethical and transparent and sustainable in fashion and I was thinking, why hasn't anyone done this in fragrance or in perfume? You mm-hmm. know, I don't really feel like there's been a um, a light shown on the workers in that part of the world. And I knew that a lot of the raw materials for perfume had come from Morocco. And so, and I could never find a fragrance that I liked on the market. I told you this is a really long story. I'm, I'm, lo- I'm literally gripped. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> so, so I was just, it was just sort of percolating, percolating, percolating in my head for a few years. And, and I had little tiny kids at the time and I was thinking god I don't know can I you know can I if I start this perfume I want to do it in a way to create social change and I can talk about that a little bit later but it was a big leap of faith it was a big leap of faith and I remember sitting on a beach in Miami with two of my best friends that sounds like fun it was fun and being scared to death really I mean it was it was sort of like when a woman is pregnant and you have contractions and you get like closer and closer and closer to giving birth so 
you know, I was thinking it, it just I couldn't get this off this business idea off my mind. And I'm not a business person. You know, I've, I've been in the nonprofit sector my whole life. So starting a business was extremely daunting to me. And I was sitting with two of my best friends. So one who had started one coconut water and mm -hmm. sold it to Pepsi. Yeah. And then the other who was the uh, founding director of social innovation for Warby Parker. Well, like, girl, I need to start hanging out with you and your <laughs> friends. I'm really lucky. And they're still, they're investors in the business. They're great advisors for me. I mean, I've been, they were my two bridesmaids in, in uh, my wedding. And so we're sitting there drinking rosé and I'm saying, do you, uh, can I do this? I mean, really, do I have to, can I do this? And they were like, you just have to go for it. I can see that drunken conversation now. Like, of course you can do it. Exactly. <laughs> and then the next day, one of them said, okay, well, let me invite uh, this woman in perfume over. And then it all just sort of, it, it all just rolled from there. And serendipitously, so many doors opened. And so we launched in 2017. I, okay, I have a lot of things to, to say about all of that, but I think the main thing is I have a lot of brand founders on this show and a lot of women, and I think that's kind of what I'm trying to do with this show a little bit is inspire those listening who are trying to get you know into business, women in business. And the one thing that I love about this is ha listening to everybody's stories, how those little threads are kind of just there in the background, and next thing you know, boom something happens and something clicks and it seems like everyone on this show kind of feels like this idea that is within them just has to be done just mm. has to be created it's that feeling that won't go away um 100 percent. and speaking of another um female founder who you might want to have on your show if you haven't already i don't know but a woman sahar hashemi um who co-founded coffee republic and she's been very helpful to me. And she told me the story of um, Zen entrepreneurism. And it said a business was actually born before the person who created it created it. The story has already been yes. created. It's just that the, the person is a vehicle to do that. And so I thought, to me, I like to I like to think that there's always kind of a cosmic level to everything. And things are faded. And so that is sort of the way I look at when people start businesses that the journey was already laid out yes. for them. Well, I just got my tarot cards read yes. on the weekend. I had a very full weekend, <laughs> Amy. Me. So I got my tarot cards read and she was saying a very similar thing to me when she read my, I don't get my cards read very often. So this was a fun thing for me, but she was basically saying everything is there. You just have to really take a step back. And I think that intuition mm. is something that especially today is so hard to hone into because mm. there's so many distractions. Mm. So, okay, now you've got your business and it's kind of easier to see those threads maybe mm -hmm. but in the in the moment were you like confused at all about it or was it very clear for a long time to start this fragrance business I was very confused I was very scared I would say those would be the two overarching emotions and confused because I this is not this is not my skill set I mean starting a perfume company yeah. has nothing to do with my 20 years in another sector. So I was scared because of my lack of knowledge. Um, and I was confused because of my lack of knowledge. But I also felt like in terms of sort of intuition, I kept getting all of these signs and I couldn't refuse it. I, okay. I just couldn't refuse it. It was everywhere I turned, there was another message that I needed to do this. Yes. And I understand very much what you're saying where 
it's so hard to have clarity. You know, we, we can be so distracted, and I feel like we spend so much time putting out so many fires that we never really have t- time to kind of channel yes. that deeper knowledge. Um, but it is there. How do you stay so centered? Do you do yoga? I oh. ask everyone on the show. Do you do yoga? I don't do yoga, okay. and I and I and I should well, meditate. Anything? Why? Mm, well. I do Bikram yoga when I'm in my hometown of Chicago, only because it's a tiny little town, so the space is really big, so oh. other people sweat, don't get on me. <laughs> I relate to that, because I'm from suburban Canada, and there's a Bikram yoga studio there, and that's the only place I would ever go near a class like that. It's exactly that. It's exactly that. <laughs> and so every single day without fail, I'm at that studio when I'm in Chicago, Um but other than that, I feel like I just don't have time to do yoga. I'm too busy putting out fires. <laughs> and then, I, I don't know, I do a lot of reading. Um, I do a lot of energy healing, okay. actually. Uh, and try and get into that type of heart space whenever I have a little bit of free time. Got it. So you're a crystal lover. Yes. <laughs> yes. Even my son, I was maybe too much because a couple of days ago, well, two nights ago now, my son, who's seven, he had a bunch of crystals in his room and uh, that I'd given him and that his father had given him. And he said, oh, it's time to clean the crystals. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and I was like, no, you're going to bed. It's not a full moon yet. You <laughs> yeah. can only clean it. Well, Anyways. wasn't it just a it was, it was. I didn't was. sleep that whole night. Yeah. Was it, mm-hmm. it wasn't yesterday, it was the night before, exactly, right? Exactly, but I had to use it as an excuse that he would go to sleep. I think he just didn't want to yeah. go to sleep. That's a white crystal lie. <laughs> exactly. Okay, let's just bring it back in, Estee. But this is the, these are the things I'm interested in. Now, back to the starting a fragrance brand and company. Um, mm-hmm. I remember many years ago, I said to my agents, maybe I should just start a fragrance brand or something yeah. like that. And they were like, absolutely not. It's the hardest space to get into. It's the hardest thing to sell. Like everywhere and everyone that I spoke to is like, bad idea, big risk. I'm sure you heard that a lot as well. Did you? People might have been more polite. <laughs> I wish that they had been that straightforward with me because I had no idea how hard that it would be. Yeah. And um you know, certainly with how much it takes to build a brand, I had absolutely no idea. Um, with fragrance, fragrance is hard because in this age of Instagram, you know, you're not going to take a picture spraying yourself with perfume. That just seems a little bit tacky. Yeah. And, you know, how can you do a cool, I know for me, I always get into the Instagram rabbit hole and I'm always loving like fashion and everything. But if you see somebody holding a product, it just... Yes, it's holding hard to a do product that in is very dated. Way. Yes, yeah. So, um, yes, I can appreciate. I can appreciate what those people told you because I do think it's a very hard industry to get into. I think. I think what is nice for us is that, of course, people are so interested now in sustainability yes. and social impact. And I started it really from my heart, but I think. It's so ha- it so happens that it coincides with a time in history where people are interested in conscious consumerism. And so because we're one of the only sustainable fragrances on the market, that has served us well. If we didn't have that USP, I think... You could uh, have been a, a, a little fish in a big pond, maybe. Yeah, I, I think we're still a very little fish in a big pond, but I think... Um, I think that has that has been helpful. Okay, so let's talk about the brand. So 
tell me a little bit about your fragrance brand because you'll speak about it much better than I ever will. I'm just going to be like, I love your perfume. You're so sweet. <laughs> and I love that you love it. Thank you. Um, so, well, you know, as I've been kind of chit-chatting about, so I started it really as a vehicle to, for social change. So the main USP, the heart of the business, is based on something that we call the Beyond Sustainability Model. And so what we mean by that is that, um, you know, there's many businesses that operate in a sustainable way, leaving a net neutral impact on the environment and paying employees fair wages. And what I wanted to do was take, was create an alternative business model where we could take the waste from perfume production and upcycle that, give that waste to the women who harvest the flowers so that they can sell their own products from that and become their own micro entrepreneurs. And has that happened? Yes. So we um, we worked in collaboration with Nest, again, the nonprofit that I mentioned earlier. We established um, a legally recognized cooperative in Morocco mm -hmm. for the women who harvest the flowers. And they have been trained to make orange blossom water, which is one of the waste products from the from perfume production, and scented candles, which they convert, and, and scented candles, which they sell. And so they receive a revenue from that. And they've been trained in financial literacy and branding and sales and um, essentially how to be their own micro-entrepreneurs. Wow. So it's an alternative business model. Right. And I think it can be applied in any industry, you know, not just fragrance. It can be applied in fashion. It can be in, applied in furniture creation, anything where we can, if we're creative with our use of waste, we can give that back to the people at the start of the supply chain and they can create their own businesses out of it. Right. Do you think if someone is starting a brand, say tomorrow, that that element must be there in the business to succeed? I think a sustainable element needs to be there. I think right now, I think it'd be very hard to start a brand right now that doesn't have any sustainable elements. And mm -hmm. I don't think that any brand is 100% sustainable. You know, we're all evolving. We're all learning. We're all really doing our best. And certainly that's the case at Sonne Jardin. I mean, there's, there is a constant learning curve. But I think right now, I think that this movement towards conscious consumerism is so strong and so powerful and has become so mainstream that I think people are really looking to brands to be in a way like the gatekeepers of humanity because they don't trust the government anymore. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I don't, I, so yes, I do think, I very much think that a brand needs to tick some sustainable boxes in order to be successful if they're starting now. Yeah. How are these huge brands and corporations getting away with not, not having that element? Maybe some do, but do consumers just turn a blind eye? I mean, I'm obviously guilty of it because I often feel like smaller businesses that are just up and coming are looked at with such a magnifying glass. Mm. But then you have a huge brand like L'Oreal, for instance, which I'm definitely going to lose a lot of money for saying that. <laughs> um, just kidding, but also not. Um, you know, they're looked at, but it's just kind of the. I feel like the majority of people will just walk into the drugstore and buy the products. But if you're, if you're somebody who's buying a product from a smaller brand, it's like you are looking at everything they're doing. Mm -hmm. Do you do you feel that? And they're scrutinized. They're scru yeah, that's the word. Yeah, and I think all brands are being scrutinized right now. And I think that, and I think it's like the wild west in a way because you know some brands like L'Oreal they could very well have embedded sustainable business practices that they haven't communicated yet. That's or right. They ha you know, so I think some brands are hesitant to 
communicate what they do um, that's sustainable because they don't want to hold themselves out to be scrutinized. Absolutely. I mean, I work with Garnier quite yeah. a lot. And um, they. I actually was in Morocco with them because they have oh. a cooperative there for their argan oil products. Mm. And it was amazing to see, actually. But I know that, for instance, if they ever talk about that or if I mention it in a video, people are like, yeah, but this is greenwashing. And what about this? And what about that? And this is what they're doing. So I, I can understand why a brand would be nervous to even talk about it. Because then once you say it once, you're really held accountable. 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's why I say it's like the Wild West right now. Yeah. But, I, but I think I would like to think that every brand is trying to do their best. Yes. I'd like to think that as well. <laughs> well, that's a, kind of a really exciting time to be in this space then, in a way. I mean, I bet a lot of companies are looking to you and seeing what you're doing to kind of implement that, which is actually only a good thing. I would, I, that you're so kind to say that. I would love if they were. I'm not sure if they are, but, I, but, but really, you know, coming from the lens that I come from, whatever happens with Sana Jardin in the future, ultimately, I want it mostly to be known for an alternative business model that hopefully can be replicated and that has embedded more humanitarian values into the supply chain. Yes. And can be used as, a, as an inspiration for other businesses. So back to the fragrances. You mentioned earlier that there was nothing on the market that you liked before. Mm, yeah. So how did you start coming up with fragrances that were different and set you apart from some of those bigger players in the industry? Well, so that, thank you for that question because that's an easy question. So. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yes. So for me, it, it comes back to Mother Nature. You know, everything that I smelled to me smelled very complicated, synthetic, commercial, mass, nothing smelled unique. And I've been lucky to travel a lot in my life and, um, you know, encounter beautiful orange blossom in Morocco and beautiful sandalwood in India. And I could never find anything that smelled very pure. Okay. And so I suppose that was from a fragrance perspective, that was really the main mission with most of our fragrances. They are, I think four or five of them are what you would call single notes. So although different, different oils and different essences go into them, they come out smelling single note. So I really just wanted to recreate what we've smelled in Mother Nature. Right. So can we talk about the formula of a fragrance? Because I know there there are obviously top notes, middle notes, base notes. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So when you're formulating it, do you kind of go into it thinking, this is what I want the top note to be. This is what I want. Oh, you don't do that. I, I didn't mean to interrupt your question. No, she was by just shaking my head, head for those listening. Um, so for me, I don't do that because that that would be the perfumer's job. Okay. The nose. Uh, so he would he would structure it and create the frame, he or she. We work with uh, Carlos Benaim, uh, so who's a man, so that's why I'm saying he. But uh, So he structures it. And I feel like noses are really, they're sort of half scientists, half artists. And, yeah. and then they would develop that structure. For me, how I would write a brief to him, um, to Carlos at IFF, would be, what I ultimately wanted it to smell like and who I envision the type of wear um, because that helps them and what notes I think might add to that type of smell. But ultimately, that's the that's the nose's um, job. To be a nose, that is the most interesting job, isn't it? I just love the name nose. I know, I know, I know. How do you become a nose? 
No one knows. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, dear. Um, (laughs) Well, in in Carlos's case, and we were so lucky. I don't know if you know who Carlos Benet is. I don't. I'm not very um, well-versed in this world. Oh, so he's like a living legend. Um, So he's been at IFF, International Fragrance and Flavors, for, I think, almost 50 years. He was the first person who they gave the title master perfumer to he did polo green he did a lot of the frederick mall fragrances calvin klein eternity um he's considered one of the best noses in the world and he took on the project we were introduced again it was all serendipitous uh we were introduced and he said something in my heart is telling me to do this because it was much too small for him obviously and uh, it turns out that actually he, although he's dubbed a Spanish perfumer, he's actually Moroccan. So the oh, social right. impact work resonated with him. But for him, I mean, his story was, again, I mean, it's sort of like anyone's life journey to live your sole purpose. It was, he was in France and um, and sort of fell into this job. And then, you ha- you know, you have scientific training and and they work they have a big laboratory you know with all of these different essences and is it as amazing as you're making it sound am i making it sound amazing i think I don't so know. a I'm laboratory just... filled with essences oh, that, that sounds yeah. great Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. That's when I went, it was probably a couple of years ago now when we were, we were, well, maybe two, no, almost three years ago now when we were doing the fragrances together and I had the opportunity to go see the lab in New York and it was so, it was just so fun because you're smelling all these different variations of orange blossom and I remember there was a Crosby, Stills and Nash song playing in the background and it was just, it was just, it just made sense. Exactly. Yeah. Have you ever written him a brief and he's come back and you're like, nope, don't like it? Yeah, of course. So, so and so that's what's called a sub- so they then give you a submission so you write the brief and then they give you a submission of maybe two or three or four different samples and then from there then you would have a dialogue about what you like and what you don't like 
But and so the process, um, and sometimes it can take two or three years to make a perfume because there's so many different iterations. Right. Um, with Carlos and I, we have a very intuitive understanding. I think of what we like. We both have similar taste. Um, which I say with a smile on my face because I know that we're talking about senses here. So, um, <laughs> so with Carlos and well, I, well, fragrant like smelling. So just to go back to my candle making course because right. I think this is an important yeah. point. When we were there, we did a blind um, smelling test, a blind scent test, and he said when we were opening, he's like, "Open up your mouth because a large part of your scent is actually through your taste buds." So taste is a kind of related, I think. Interesting. Yeah. I haven't heard that before, but maybe I he made it, it up. It, but no, I no, no, it makes sense because think about it. If you've got a cold, yeah. you don't taste anything. It's true. So, I mean, that's the very little knowledge I know. But I just learned it on the weekend, and maybe it's not even true. No, let's just throw it right in and apply <laughs> it. Yes. Sorry, go back to what you were saying. You've got very similar taste, so it's yes. intuitive. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, so with Carlos and I, the process has been just a just a delightful, delightful dance actually um and and we can create something that we both really love pretty quickly right okay so you did you work from him with him right off the yes start okay so you create these fragrances how many fragrances did you first start with and how many do you have now so well originally i just wanted to start with one Mm -hmm. which was the orange blossom which we call berber blonde um i love the name i'm a blonde uh, you're a blonde and I named it after my sons, actually. I have two sons. Everyone thinks I named it after myself. And, I'm, and I think I would never, ever name something after myself. But um, I have two sons who are a quarter Berber and very blonde. So Great. I named it after them. Uh, and it was really because I could never find an orange blossom that I liked on the market. Mm. And I always say that I went from the souk in Oman to Barney's in L.A. And I couldn't find what I wanted. So... I wanted just to start that one. Yeah. And going back to, you know, drinking rosé on the beach in Miami, I was saying to my friends, okay, well, I just want to start the one. Can I do that? And they said yes. But then, you know, as the journey continued and I spoke to more people who were more commercial, then I realized that in order to get, at least what I heard was, in order to get into stores, you had to start with seven. Oh, right. So we started with seven. Um, So we have Berber Blonde, which is the orange blossom. We have Tiger by Her Side, which is amber, which I actually like to layer. I wear the Tiger by Her Side on my skin at night, and then the Berber Blonde. At night? Yeah. Talk about that. What do you, what? you there's nighttime fragrances? Well, I feel like to me, Tiger oh, by like at night when you're going out. Yeah, oh, I yeah, thought you yeah. meant like before bed. No, and I was like, I, you could this do that is a too. whole new world for me. No, I mean you could definitely yeah. do that too to create whatever kind of mood you want. Well, but well then, <laughs> okay. So and and can we talk about yeah exactly when you'd wear these fragrances in your life? I always find that really interesting. So Berber Blonde, when would you wear that? All day long. Okay. All day long. Yeah. Um, and kind of especially if I'm running late and I haven't had time to wash my hair. Yeah. <laughs> like getting out the door. Um, and then Tiger by her side, I would wear in the evening on yes. my skin. And I would put Berber Blonde, the orange blossom in my hair. So you have kind of like a floral aura when you uh, move your head oh, around. I, I need Berber Blonde. Mm, well, I'll give it to you. Okay. We'll send it over. <laughs> um, and then... And then Jaipur Chant is one that I've been really, really sort of obsessed with lately. It's our it's our latest one. It's our eighth. 
and that is um, tuberose from South India. So it's very, all of them I think were created to be warm and inviting and elegant um, and almost like an, a refined interpretation of essential oils. Um, so Jaipur Chant, I would, I'm wearing that right now. I wear that all day long. Uh, Sandalwood Temple, was the one that your friend, yeah. you know, on the chicken wing night was wearing. <laughs> Um, Maybe it wasn't chicken wings, but I'm pretty sure it was. It's whatever. <laughs> uh, so Sandalwood Temple, I think, can be worn day and night. I yeah. almost feel like that's a base. Yeah. Um, and again, that's the one. That's our second bestseller. So Jaipur Chant is our first bestseller now. We just released it. Sandalwood Temple, I think, because it really appeals to men and women. And, you know, you could wear that day or night. Revolution de la Fleur. So that one is very feminine, very floral. It has frangipani and ylang ylang. And ylang ylang is an essential oil that's known to strengthen your heart chakra. So that I think you can wear day or night. Lovely. Is that, that's not all of them. What else is oh, there? So, oh, so then there's, so there's celestial patchouli, which is the most, so most of the line I created because it was fragrances that I loved that I couldn't find on the market. Some in the line aren't necessarily my favorites, but I felt like, you know, I needed to have a complete line. So Celestial Patchouli is very exotic, very spicy, very heady, very like intense. Um, that to me would be more nighttime. Yeah. And then there's Savage Jasmine. Oh, I love that name. Thank you. Yeah. Well, for me, you know, I really love the, the combination of, I think, something that's traditionally feminine but very strong. Yes. Um, so that is... I love jasmine. Oh, so we have to send you the jasmine too because that is, re that is really... It, it smells literally as if you've walked out on a hot night and you're next to a jasmine bush. I because mean, I, I don't want to talk about another brand, but I have the jasmine rouge from Tom Ford. Is yes, that I know that. I have that too. Yeah. yeah I love perfume. Yeah. yeah. It's it's really nice. I really like it, but I just feel like I could, there, there could be a better one. It... Ours is maybe not as, um, it's a little bit lighter, maybe. Maybe that's, that's yeah. it, because it is very heavy. It's, yeah. I love Tom Ford fragrance, but yeah. M me too, 100%. And I have a, a, so many on my dressing table, like you. I mean, I'm obsessed with fragrance and yeah. always trying to find the perfect one. Uh, ours, I would say, is not as heavy as okay. that. Yeah. Do you believe in having a signature scent, or do you think? it kind of go with the mood like huh? my mom always wears the mm. same perfume and has done for years mm. well I was just about to say as a mother I think it's so nice to have a signature scent mm. because I think it's a wonderful gift that you give your children you know that that's they... really sweet actually mm. and true mm. and if you know as time goes by if the mother isn't around yeah. you know you can slip into that moment by by smelling it again and yes. feeling her around you which I think is is um one of the greatest gifts a mother can I mean, I, d I wouldn't tell my mom this, but I do have a little bottle of her yeah. perfume at home, which makes me want to cry <laughs> because she lives in Canada. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's like, look, I'm getting emotional because yeah. that's what scent can do. Right. And I think scent is so experiential. But just speaking about it, I think everyone can is probably nodding along like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But how do you convey that on social media? Uh, well, that I mean, that's the other. And then talking about, you know, if we're being really frank, talking about starting a fragrance business, so many people, of course, are committed to their the perfume that they've been wearing for yes. years and years and years. Um, and how do you convey that on social media? That's a million-dollar question. That's what, you know, Emily and I are 
<laughs> are always trying to figure out. Um, it, we've been trying to convey that, I think, through color, sometimes through fashion, people's quotes. Yes. You know, I think can be impactful. I think another way to do that is through music. We haven't we haven't gone there yet. I know. I don't know how long you're in London for. I live here. Oh, you live in yeah. London. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I so thought maybe you lived in New York. No, I lived in New York at one point in my life, but no. Oh, you live here. How long yeah. have you lived here for? 13 years. Oh, it's the best city in the world, isn't, isn't it? it? I was just telling the taxi driver exactly that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's um, an interesting point. I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Um, that somebody left a comment on my video the other day and they were like for someone who wasn't born in London you're the most obsessed with London person that I've ever come across and it's just I truly love this city Mm -hmm. and I think on the weekend I did the whole East London thing Columbia Road flower market you know the whole thing and it was just like sometimes I sit back and I'm on my terrace and I have a really lovely Mm -hmm. view and I'm like Mm -hmm. I am so lucky to live here you have to do a London fragrance I'm so with you because I have a little terrace and I have a view that I really appreciate and I think the exact same thing yeah exactly exactly I should do a London fragrance I'm gonna have to think about that that would be hard though because when you love something so much how do you bottle it I don't know what the essence of London really is. Right. And I always try to explain to people that, like, I love New York. I love L.A. I love ev- I love all places. I really right. do. But there's something about London that you really can't explain unless you live here mm. for at least a couple years, I'd say. Do you agree with that? I'm totally with you. Yeah. To me, I feel like it because I had a brief, brief, brief little um, stint in L.A. recently and I came back appreciating London so much more than I ever have. Yeah. And I mean, with two feet firmly grounded in the earth here. And to me, I feel like it's the quality and the diversity of the people. And mm. also, I think because in British culture, it's valued to be so polite and genteel. And so everyone is really sweet. <laughs> I've had so many people say, you know, you you're not from here. Do you find it hard to start a business in London? Is it easier, you know, in America? And I think on the contrary, like London, everybody just opens up their Rolodex and yeah. and helps you because there's this there's this culture of 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 being polite, I think. And it's such it's like a village, as I'm sure yes. you would experience. I don't know what neighborhood you live in, but I'm sure you feel that feel London it. is a great big village. Yeah. And um my friend who lives in Manchester is like, I could never live in London. It's way too big. I was like, you're out of your mind. Oh. It's not. It does not feel big to me at all. I just, I mean, we could really talk about London all day. Seriously, no. it's tiny. And then, and then, you know, I always had the sense that if I hear someone's name, I know that I, it's just a matter of months before I'm going to run into them. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yes. It's tiny. Totally. And I also think London is hungry for exciting things especially in the beauty space I mean I I go to a lot of beauty launches and I'm obviously obsessed with beauty and that's my job but I just feel like London I go to New York I go to LA and I see all the cool things they're doing and I always think how can I apply that Mm. to London culture Mm. because it's different Mm. you can't do really like a New York event in London I you know it's just it's they're so different um but that's what travel does to you exactly yeah Exactly. Um, so definitely do a London fragrance. Um, yes. How do you how do you convey that on social media? That's a that is an interesting point. But then you see these adverts from like really you know you know Dior or whatever, and I look at them and I'm like, what are these campaigns? 
I know. And at the end of the day, ultimate, I think it's, you know, it comes down, I think, for women to the person who we want to be and to have our essence and our true self be recognized. And so I think sometimes when you see a campaign of a woman in like a slinky dress, it doesn't, it's not relatable, really. So then you just need to smell the fragrance. But on social media, it's trying to develop, I think, that character of who we think we are as people and then who the perfume, how we would relate to that perfume. Is that what fragrance is? You're you're putting your own essence out there for the world? Is that what, what you're doing when you put on fragrance? That's how I think it is. I mean, that's why I feel like it's so personal because it's you're sending a message non-verbally yes. to everyone around you about who you feel like you who you are. And it is... Um attention attracting it can be and I do know a lot of people who don't wear fragrance Mm. which is mind-boggling to me (laughs) but in a way it it takes guts to put a fragrance on Mm. is that would you agree with that I totally agree with that and I would liken it to being an artist you know and I mean I mean this is obviously two very different sides of the same continuum but an artist you so often hear where, you know, they feel exposed and they're doing a painting and they're nervous about showing their work to the public because it really is a deep expression of themselves. Fragrance, I don't think, is a, the most deep expression of, of yourself, but I think it is an expression of yourself that you're yeah. making public and that people are going to make judgments about. So I think that's a, one of the reasons, too, why people don't why if you were wearing something that you didn't like, it's like you just have to go home and wash it off because it's not you. We all want to be seen for being ourselves. And that's why it's like when you walk into, you know, a department store Mm -hmm. and they're spritzing Mm. everything and you just instantly are like, get it off me. Right. Yeah. Why I brought up the London thing is because, and I know you said you don't really do yoga that much, but there is a place called Chroma Yoga. Yes. It's in um, East London and it's basically, it's a yoga studio that uses light, Mm and it's built in kind of like this womb. Mm. So the room is like round and it's cozy and they the light shifts and changes with the with the Movements, class. Yeah. I mean, I think you should try it. I would love to try it. Yeah. And I think anything I'm picturing something that's like embryonic. Yes, that's yeah. what it's like. Yeah. And mm. if you do a meditation class mm. in there, it's kind of next level. Mm. I'm all for getting above who I am. One hundred percent. I know. But I, I also kind of sometimes need to get into my own body sometimes, even though I don't like to. Well, now this is something I can understand as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's really hard to be in our own body. It really it's is. It's very scary. And it it's is. much easier to go out. I know. And yeah. I just had this guy, Will Williams. He's a meditating guru or something. I don't remember what he calls himself, but I did his meditation course and I said I couldn't do it because I don't want to be in my own brain all the time. I know. But you got to be. That's what everyone keeps telling me. Uh, I know. I feel like I understand very much where you're at. And for years I was hearing that and I kept thinking, well, why would I want to do that? Why on God's green earth would I want to be in reality? It's so much better to be sort of floating totally. in a celestial it's so fun yes and it's much easier and it's less painful and it it's is. something I've been really kind of actively working on I mean one like little simple thing that I do is to always have my shoes off when I'm in the grass I don't know if that's anyone lovely has ever. it's very grounding exactly so all you know a lot of grounding exercises yeah. and now I can understand a little bit more the benefit of being in your body and I know we're really digressing here but the benefit of being in your body because 
you're just so much stronger yes. and you're able, I think, to then attract what you want more and be more stable. Well, that's exactly what Will was, was telling me. He was like, if you don't have inner stability, mm. all those fires that you're putting out, they just t- can topple you over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, do you take baths? No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't believe it. We're so similar, but so different. Well, I, I mean, I, I, well, I just, I don't know. I can remember even being, I was 23 years old in graduate school, and there was a yoga class. So this was 1995, and there was a yoga class across the street from my apartment. And I remember knowing and being cognizant that I needed to go to this damn yoga class but it would stress me out too much because I always felt like I had too much to do to actually do yoga. So I'm a horrible, I'm horrible when it comes to practicing things that I feel like take up more time than I have at the moment. Although right. I really should. But um, well, it's an hour out of your day, Amy. I know. And if I can be more in my body, you can also be doing a yoga class. I've got, I think we can have that compromise. Um, I'm looking for a good Bikram somewhere in London. I'm on like a mad search for it. I will keep that in mind. I don't do that style because it's, I find it stressful. Mm. But I really love like a yin class, like a meditation stretching class. Mm. Or I do hot yoga. I, I, have, I go to a, a gym that has a really nice hot yoga studio. Have you tried this, these flotation tanks? No. I'm not into them either, but they sound cool. They sound very cool. Yeah. Um, what else do we need to say about your fragrance? I don't think that we've mentioned the the remaining. Okay, so let's see. We have Tiger by Her Side, Berber Blonde, Savage Jasmine, Celestial Patchouli, Revolution de la Fleur, Jaipur Chant, Sandalwood Temple, Nubian Musk. Okay. We didn't speak about Nubian, <laughs> Nubian Musk. Okay. People kind of like the story of Nubian Musk. Because to me, when I wrote the brief, so so when you write a fragrance brief, you know, you have at least my processes, I have something in my mind, you, a, a person who I'm thinking about or that's an inspiration or an experience I've had that's an inspiration. And I think maybe this person would wear the fragrance or my experience has led me to want to create that scent so I can have that memory or mm-hmm. other people can have that memory. So Nubian musk, it's meant to be very like primal, very animalistic, very sensual. This is a sex fragrance. Yeah. I need to wear <laughs> this and attract a man. Well, and it's for men and women. Okay. So, and it's sort of like that. Um, mm, it's like, you know what we're here for. Exactly. Yeah. Or you wake up the next morning and you're happy that you were there for that. Got it. Mm-hmm. That's the best feeling. I haven't had that in a hot minute. Um, okay, so those are, are the fragrances. So what's next for you? Do you want to just keep expanding? Because you're sold in some very premium places. Where are you sold? Like, Where can people buy your fragrances? We've been really, really, really lucky with our distribution. I'm going to knock on wood with that right now. Um, so we're sold at Harrods. They mm-hmm. were our first launch partner. We're sold on Net-A-Porter, uh, which we're thrilled with. Um, which, going back to the sustainability conversation, they came to us in early 2019 because they wanted to incorporate more sustainable... That's right. They have this new kind of sustainable yes. wing. I mean, I'm an EIP. Like, I shop at right. Net-A-Porter. I yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah. But yeah, I was really excited when they did that. Exactly. So they have Net Sustain, um, and then they're launching uh, that for beauty early next year. But mm. But as a company, they wanted to 
retail more sustainable brands. So they came to us, and we'd been talking to them for years, but they, um, we launched with them in 2019, I think, as part of that initiative. So uh, we now have a standalone counter at Liberty, which I'm really excited Lovely. and proud of. Which I was is just in there. I didn't even see it. Oh, Where is it? So we're next to Creed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then Galler Lafayette mm-hmm. on the Champs-Élysées in Paris. Harvey Nichols in Doha, Qatar. Sauce in the Emirates. Um, Corsicomo in Milan. We're, we're sold at about 80 retailers around the world now. 80 retailers. Mm. That's insane. <laughs> that's really great, though. You're so sweet. You're well, so sweet. That's really, that's a, that's a big, think about back to that beach in Miami, mm. and now you're sold in 80 very premium retailers. That is all the team at Sana Jardin hustling, hustling, hustling. How big is your team now? So we have... So Rolando is our managing director, who I always say he's the right arm and the right leg and everything. I mean, we're about six people now. Oh, wow. So it's Mm -hmm. still a very small team. Mm -hmm. So you're working hard. Hustle. (laughs) (laughs) All day, every day. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on on the show. I feel like I learned a lot, and I just want all your fragrances now. Oh, Oh, my last question is, so I have the little rollerball, but you do the sprays. But are the rollerballs different than the... So we have a 100 ml, which is, you know, like a large standard size. Yep. We have a 50 ml, which is a travel size. And then you have a roller ball, which is just a special gift for people, which we haven't oh. been, we haven't started selling yet. What? So I know. You I have know. to sell those. I know. Everyone says that and we're trying, but we're, like I said, we're a small team. So we're like working as fast as we can. Um, and we're launching candles in November. So three Ooh. candles, yes, which we're really excited about, all vegetable wax. And then a new perfume in 2020. Then I'm going to take inspiration from your comment about London because <laughs> we're just, I'm just about to, I, it's sitting in my inbox that I need to write the brief this week. Um, Perfect timing. And then also to deepen our social impact work in Morocco. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think what you're doing is amazing. I only have brands on here that I truly love. And I personally, of course, use your fragrance as we've been talking about. Um, So thank you for being on the show. Oh, Estee, thank you so much. This was such a joy. It was such a pleasure. I'm really honored. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.